Thanks to the Talk Python team who sponsored this episode of the Engineered Mind podcast. If you want to learn Python and delve into exciting topics like data science, web development, or building apps, feel free to visit talkpython.fm/mind to find your next level and get a 10% discount. Also, a big thank you to all my patrons who support the Engineered Mind podcast. Hi and welcome to the Engineered Mind podcast. In this podcast, we cover topics such as engineering, artificial intelligence, neuroscience, and other interesting topics to educate, inspire, and engineer people's minds all around the world. I'm your host, Yusuf, and for this episode of the podcast, I'm happy to have Pierre Baquet on my show. Pierre is Chief Executive Officer at Neural Concept, which he co-founded in 2018. Pierre received an engineering degree in applied mathematics and a master's degree in operations research from Ecole Polytechnique in France. After working as an optimization and machine learning engineer for Credit Suisse in London, he joined the Computer Vision Laboratory at EPFL, where he obtained his doctoral degree under the supervision of Professor Pascal Foy and Professor François Fleuret. His research focused on deep structured learning and variational inference applied to computer vision. During and after his thesis, Pierre worked as a consultant in machine learning and optimization for multiple companies such as Tails, EF Cables, Sonalytic, and Honeywell. In this podcast, we talked about deep learning and engineering applications, how neural concept can be used for this purpose, why deep learning is so important in engineering, and a lot of other interesting aspects. For updates on upcoming podcasts, projects, and videos, make sure to follow me on Twitter as well as on Instagram. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's my podcast with Pierre Bucky. Pierre, welcome to my show. It's a real pleasure to have you on my podcast. Welcome, first of all. Thank you, uh, Josef. Uh, very happy to be here as well. Um, so, as always, and the audience already knows it, we get started with you giving us a one-minute bio of who Pierre is and what he actually does. So, hello everyone. So, my name is uh, Pierre Baquet. I'm uh, the CEO and co-founder of uh, Neural Concept. Uh, my background is uh, in computer science and applied mathematics. So, I studied in France, a computer technique, then I did my, uh, my PhD at uh, EPFL in the computer vision laboratory. On, uh, so, I started my PhD uh, that uh, the moment where deep learning was starting to become very popular in, uh, in image processing and computer vision. Then I did uh, some research on the variational inference and on uh, 3D, 3D deep learning, so deep learning for 3D geometries. Um, and that's uh, at, at this moment that I had uh, discussions with uh, a good friend of mine who is uh, working on the system that um, came up with this. Uh, Maybe idea of using uh, neural networks and uh, especially three neural networks for, for engineering applications, and that's how uh, we started Neural Concept, um, the company that I'm, I'm now leading. Uh, neural Concept is a company based uh, currently in uh, Lausanne, um, between 15 and 20 people uh, working in the company, and we are developing the software for a uh, new generation of software for computer assisted design, computer assisted engineering. That uh, heavily relies on uh, on deep learning approaches to uh, shortcut many of the difficult operations and the slowness of current engineering tools. That's mm -hmm. um, yes, a introduction. So happy to give more details after all. Mm -hmm. I think there was uh, more than more than short, but you gave a very good introduction to what neural concept actually is. Could you maybe explain a little more, a little bit more detail um, for someone who is not familiar with neural networks and maybe engineering applications with neural networks or deep learning? What are you actually doing, and how can they use neural concept in case they 
needed for the engineering purposes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So um, for someone who is a, who, I mean, let's, let's assume for someone who knows like uh, engineering uh, in general and, and simulations. So you know that you have this uh, designer or product engineer who design uh, a 3D design for, for an object. So it can be inside a car, it can be uh, electronic components, it can be components inside an aircraft. Um, and uh, based on this, uh, this 3D design, uh, someone else or the same person with a different software will uh, perform numerical simulations to analyze the physics of this uh, of design. It can be based on thermal properties, it can be based on um, fluid dynamics, relative properties, on structural, and so on. Uh, and uh, the software that makes the simulation um, will output a result that, uh, that, the, that the user will analyze, to, that, that the engineer will analyze to understand if this uh, design is suitable for his need. Uh, the problem is that this kind of chain that I described from the, the design to the simulation tool and back to the post-process result is um, is a difficult, uh, is a long chain for, for several reasons. First, you are changing formats uh, several times, and uh, also the, the, the numerical simulations in themselves are very, very powerful because they are really simulating the physics of things. But uh, because they are actually really simulating the physics, they uh, they take a lot, long time to compute. Uh, can depend on, uh, on which uh, which application, but usually it's several uh, several minutes at least or several hours. Uh, and therefore, you cannot have uh, this. Uh, interactive or fast uh, design uh, experience. And what uh, neural content does, and uh, more generally what uh, things that, uh, that deep learning can, uh, can bring is directly from the uh, CAD design, use uh, data to learn to skip completely all the simulation uh, chain that I described, and go directly from the, 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 the raw CAD design, which is used by the designer, to the post-process simulation of that. Uh, and therefore, so it's it's common as a cost because you need to have, to have data. But once you have trained your model to do that, uh, which is doable for, for many many companies, uh, then you can completely uh, shortcut and uh, have uh, in almost real time a simulation result, an approximate simulation result directly from your from your design. Um, so that's one thing. So in short, we are able to make the, the simulation very very fast. And once you have done that, you can also have uh, obviously another algorithm on top that is going to uh, help you search the design space automatically. Um, because now, since that you can uh, generate uh, simulation results uh, in, in the fraction of a second, you can generate automatically millions of different uh, configurations and um, use this to, uh, to do generative, uh, generative design or optimization to find the best configuration given a set of constraints that are imposed by the, by the engineer. Mm -hmm, got it. So people might ask, of course, for deep learning, you, you need massive amount of data. How does it work for a neural concept? Let's say a customer comes to you and he has his CAD model already prepared. I mean, your algorithm is probably already trained. Maybe you can go a little bit into mm -hmm. depth how it actually works. Let's say I'm a customer. I come to mm -hmm. you. I want to have some results from you, however that might look like. How does the, step, the steps look like that are involved in this process? Thank you, it's a very good question. So first, you, you said uh, one thing that, that many people say, that deep learning requires um, massive amount of data. It depends what we call massive, but it's not really the case that it requires um, 
massive uh, amounts of data. So starting from 50, uh, 100 cases, um, you can do uh, good things. Mm. Um, compared to traditional methods like uh, like recreating, uh, so basically the based on Gaussian processes uh, like the Kevin Forest, SEMs, and so on, we have really benchmarked uh, so us and customers a lot in the past years, as you can imagine. And um, so for small amount of data, let's say 50, 100, we never, we never saw that uh, the department was really worse, uh, even when you have a parametric representation and so on. Uh, but then as soon as you start having more than one, 100 data, this is like, it will really, really be definitely better. So, uh, first, just to say, it doesn't really need a um, massive amount of data to, to train a model from scratch and thing. Um, the power of deep learning uh, with respect to, to data is this idea of uh, of retraining and uh, flexibility and what we call fine-tuning in the sense that um, depending on the use case, so I would say that uh, that in 80% of the use cases that we have today, um, the customer starts from uh, starts from, from scratch. So we, we, we go, because it's a new application, different that we have never seen, uh, we are like working on, on the real industrial applications and therefore shortcutting uh, complex simulation chains that uh, are, are very different from everything that, that we have seen uh, before. And for this customer, he will have to generate a, a first batch of 50, 100 samples, already trained model, and then put it in production. But what we see is that when a customer has uh, trained with 50 or 100 samples and seen that that starts, that he really sees a trend and he can understand the value and, uh, and it, it starts to understand the benefit and he sees that, wow, by, by adding uh, 60 samples, he already gets a improvement. Then he will usually uh, be willing to add maybe a, a bit more. And the advantage is that people are, are usually uh, willing to do this investment because they know that once they have done this once, then uh, they don't need to do it ever again. It's not like it's not like uh, with traditional method where for each optimization uh, optimization case you need to create a new DOE and, and train a model from scratch. Here, uh, once you are started for an application, you, you can keep your data and use it forever. Now, for twenty percent remaining remaining cases, which is like growing and growing actually, we have free trained models uh, that we have trained uh, ourselves or that some customers have uh, looked to. Uh, to be used, or that, that maybe inside one company, a customer will have already trained this model and wants, and wants to use it. And uh, what we see is that, let's say, for, for instance, Airfoil, so what you can imagine, Airfoil is the, is the go to case for, uh, for benchmarking uh, an algorithm and a simulation algorithm, right? And therefore, I think over the last, uh, last years that we have worked, we have maybe 15 different Airfoil, uh, Airfoil cases, right? That uh, data sets. That we have worked with, and um, and therefore we have like um, quite big amount of data for airfoils, and uh, and now we have seen that by using all the data and training model, uh, when you have a new airfoil case, you can really uh, train a model. Like if you have a few samples, like five, ten samples, you can get super, super higher accuracy boost uh, compared to if you train a model from scratch. And you can really repeat everything else, like uh, you're using the Gaussian process or so, with only five samples. Um, so that's a bit, a bit the idea that that you can um, that you can really reuse your data inside either inside your company or across companies.
Mm-hmm. How does it look like uh, sample-wise? So let's say I want to have a look at the quantity, let's say drag reduction, and maybe another parameter that interests me in terms of fluid mechanics maybe, or maybe topology optimization. Um, does the number of samples differ from use case to use case, or is it like roughly always like, as you said, maybe maybe 10 cases needed? It, it really depends. Um it really depends on the applications, uh, how many samples you need and how many samples you have. It depends on the customer. Some customers are using uh, 10, uh, 10, like I said, like a few, a few samples, and some others are using thousands and thousands of them uh, because they really want to push their optimization. So it really, it really varies, yes. Mm-hmm. So, so talking about the cases, which, which industries are you working in? I mean, automotive, of course, uh, aeronautics, what else? Yes, so uh, as you said, automotive. Um, in automotive, we are uh, very uh, specialized in tier one suppliers of the automotive industry um, because uh, this is all the people who really more are really pushing for uh, efficiency, for uh, cost, for uh, optimization and performance. Uh, and their challenges of optimization are really related to that compared to OEMs who are more. Uh, uh, well, really challenges, but more more integrate more related to the integration of the whole system. Um, I hope I hope industry is very strong industry as well for us. So we are working very closely with Airbus and Safran. Um, and here it's like really uh, pushing the, the performance of the designs uh, and providing new tools to, to design faster and get better performances. And uh, the last uh, industry that is a strong industry for us is the uh, electronic uh, design industry. So uh, you can look on our website, we have a user, we're using a tool for the design of uh, electric actuators um, and other customers, in, uh, several customers in the US that I cannot mention who are also um, designing uh, electronic components using our tool. Mm-hmm. So as you probably might know, like in simulation, we always have this three steps process, right? We have pre-processing, processing, and post-processing. How does it look for neural concept? Can you can I just give you my cat and then you just have the processing and post-processing step? How does it look like? So for, for a training model, once you have a training model, uh, you have a, an application uh, that is tied out a little bit unit, but uh, basically what it will do is that, that you will give it your, your cat. Uh, in the either AGS file or or the selected format, and it will give you whatever you train it to do. So the post process result directly. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, so you can drag and drop your AGS file, and it gives you the post process result. And that's for the trained model. And inside the training, of course, you need to run the simulation simulation chain, which involves uh, which involves the processing uh, simulation and post processing. Uh, but this is done uh, by, the, by the experts who are running the simulation chain and it's done once and so maybe we need this automation but it can be it has to be it can remain an automation that is uh, limited to a kind of a, a lab environment where you're training the model and then for the deployment you you, you, you can forget about all these parts. Mm-hmm. I mean, you also briefly mentioned it in the introduction. Um, maybe for someone who is really not familiar with this kind of combination, deep learning plus engineering, can you maybe emphasize what is the big strength uh, neural concept delivers for the customer? And yeah, maybe you can go a little bit more mm-hmm. into detail. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. I, I think it's, it's very important to say it uh, to say it again. So um, 
today uh, in uh, with the customer that we, we work with, there are like this uh, design experts and there are the simulation experts who are really separate teams. Mm -hmm. And uh, the typical case that we see is that uh, there are many uh, design experts who are working on different uh, parts of the product and uh, maybe a few fewer simulation experts or simulation experts or quite a, a scarce uh, resource. Um, and there is a, and this kind of, of uh, and simulation experts, they are serving all the different or working with all the different uh, departments for working uh, the designs. And, uh, and there, there are like iteration loops between these two teams and this iteration loops, the time for simulation, um, the automation and so on is like, is, is a, a serious bottleneck for, for the companies. And therefore, once you, you make a design, typically you will be able to simulate it maybe only five times, 10, 10 times, but you cannot really explore and, and inside the one while you're designing, anticipate what will be the result of the physics. And here, very early, using a tool like this, very early in the design chain, you can um, anticipate and get a, get a preview or a very accurate preview actually of what will be the result of your simulation. And the designer, while designing, can already take into account the physics of the, of the object. So that's, that's really the benefits of real-time simulation for the designer. Mm -hmm. Got it. You also offer, as far as I've seen, the light package as well mm -hmm. as the expert package. Can you maybe light out the differences between those, those offers? Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. I think it's uh, it goes very well with, with that I presented just before with this designer and uh, and simulation expert. So the uh, the light package is is uh, the one that's it's, it's uh, the license that goes in the end of the designer. It's a very simple to use uh, package. It's like something where you basically or maybe sometimes it's transparent so you don't even see it. It's, it's hidden between behind your your CAD tool. Um, or you just drag and drop and get the result of physics. It's just the, the module that makes a prediction of your uh, that, that gives gives you a prediction using a pre-trained model. Right? So you give it a geometry or some parameters and predict. This is for the light. Uh, it's uh, again for designers, for product engineers, and so on. Uh, on the other side, there is expert package, which is for um, um, this is really for the experts. So it's for people who are uh, who are with for simulation engineers, advanced simulation engineers, uh, it can be data scientists as well in, in some engineering companies who start having uh, data science teams inside the engineering um, engineering departments. It can be also uh, optimization experts, so people who are used to uh, using uh, uh, software like Tisland, HEAT, and so on. Um, and these people will have access to um, a quite so it's, it's a platform that is, that, that is uh, very flexible where you can lots of, of customization and that gives you all the power of uh, what you can do with uh, the tools of neural concept and deep learning in engineering. So we, are we have tried to make it very progressive in the sense that uh, you, you, uh, you can start simple and uh, little by little grow with the software and visualize the software up to, uh, up to a point where you can, uh, can train very complex models, make your customization for all your different applications, connect all your components with your different simulators, your different CAD, uh, your, your different CAD design software, and so on, and uh, and make it really, really your own. Uh, and basically, yeah, what, this, what, this, uh, what, what you do with this platform is two things. So train uh, neural networks models that you will deploy then to your, to your CAD designers, 
Okay, that will be then put in the end of the state designer. And uh, the first thing and second thing that we do optimization, so uh, numerical optimization using the, the, the deep learning tools that are going one step really, I would say even two steps beyond uh, what is uh, what is possible today uh, in the traditional SQL optimization packages. Mm-hmm. And I also have seen on your blog uh, blog post that you really do amazing stuff. It's really, really nice to see that. And I also know that you had a collaboration with uh, Airshaper, with Voter, right? Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about that, what you actually did, which is really interesting to me? Mm-hmm. Sure. So, um, so um, the, the, maybe I can give a bit of story of the, of the collaboration with Airshaper. So uh, we... Um, at the beginning, we were working with uh, this company, uh, Sensefly, who is a part of, of Parrot, of the, the world, and uh, they wanted to, uh, to use our tool to, uh, to optimization uh, of, uh, of a drone, right, for the, the aerodynamics of the drone. And basically, we started doing optimization uh, using uh, all open form scripts uh, for simulation. And we are not simulation experts. so. The optimization was very, very promising and it was giving good, good results according to, uh, to open form. Uh, but the customer said, okay, it looks very interesting. Uh, it's performing well according to, to your open form uh, setup. But uh, now we need to go like with uh, a team professional uh, level simulation uh, and the simulation that we trust and that we know work. And uh, that's why when they introduced uh, Sense5, with whom they were also working. In parallel and saying, okay, we would like uh, you two guys to uh, basically to connect the neural concept uh, optimization tool. Um, and this neural this optimization tool, it needs to be fed with the simulations to, to exist and it's just optimizing based on external simulations. So we connected the optimization tool on our concept with the simulations for, for, from Airshaper, which are the simulations that the customer was uh, actually interesting. And that's how this uh, collaboration started. And we did like a um, it was also one of our, of our early projects, so we really uh, did a nice uh, setup and we basically connected the API of Airshaper to the engine of Neural Concept and our optimi- optimizer was using the API of, uh, of Airshaper over the, over the web to uh, ask for new samples and get uh, simulation results um, during the optimization loop. Mm-hmm. And that way we, we optimized uh, the design of, uh, of this uh, drone and uh, and uh, you can look at the report but uh, it has a uh, quite uh, quite big improvement in performance mm-hmm. i'll link it anyway down in the description so everybody can have a look at it i also mm-hmm. said that you hold two world records do you want to talk about that i'm quite interested in yes that. yes yes so uh, it's um, another of the projects that we did uh, another of the only projects that we that we did was uh, that we worked with uh, a bicycle team, uh, which is based in uh, in France, uh, Annecy, and he's working also with uh, with uh, Magic. So it's at uh, in Annecy, uh, like the University of Annecy, and with Magic, they are like a very famous uh, producer of uh, of uh, bike components. Um, and uh, and basically, their their challenge was to design a very high aerodynamic shell for a bicycle in order to try to to beat the world record in uh, human uh, powered uh, speed. So basically it's a challenge in Nevada every year. You have uh, eight kilometers to accelerate as fast as it's very flat, it's a long road, and you have eight kilometers to accelerate and your, your, your speed is taken over the, the last, uh, as an average over the last 200 meters. 
uh, and like one of the core, uh, core challenges here for an extremely aerodynamic uh, bicycle because you can reach uh, speeds that are up to 136 kilometers an hour, which is the what is bicycle reach. And um, and we collaborated with this university using also optimization algorithms based on deep learning and so on. And we uh, we came up with a design that was produced and that uh, that actually broke two world records, so the female uh, world record of all times and the main uh, male university world record uh, was also beaten during the same uh, same session using the same bike. Really interesting, yeah. Um, where do you see, maybe we split it into two parts, which is also the last question before we wrap things up. Um, where do you see deep learning going into the future when it comes to uh, generative design or engineering applications? And can you maybe, if you want to give it away already, where do you see neural concepts go, neural concept going into the future? Mm. Um, so where will the deep learning go? So I, I think that uh, the application that I described today, so uh, shortcutting, simulation, uh, chains, and, uh, and optimization will uh, become more and more used and more, more and more prevalent. Um, because also the, the, the ecosystem around uh, will be more and more adapted to that. So the data, people will start actually gathering their data. It's like so often that we need the customer and they don't oh, no, we know, we've never, never uh, recorded their data. Okay, now we will start recording them. Uh, so people will have more, more and more data available. And um, I really think that this kind of, of approaches using 3D machine learning and engineering is like it's going to also put up a bit of uh, a bit everywhere. Uh, it will bring tools that will simplify everything, uh, simplify the, the, the life of engineers uh, to go to go more straight to the point. Because there are so many small applications that you can uh, small things that you can fix using uh, the, the power of of machine learning to, to, to shortcut things. Uh, so that's that's uh, for deep learning for neural concept. Um, so now the company is uh, is growing. Uh, at a, at a measured uh, pace, but a constant pace. Um, we are basically, our goal is just to, to make uh, tools that, uh, that, that that engineers like and that uh, are useful for people and that uh, are doing, doing new things that, uh, that were not uh, possible to do before and uh, putting this, uh, this capability at the end of more and more people. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's the goal of the, of the company uh, in, the, in the future, and I don't know like where where it will take us as a as a, as a business, but uh, our focus is really on the, on the values that we provide to, to the users. Mm -hmm. How can people reach out to you? And do you mm -hmm. also do you have a careers page where people could apply if they're interested in working with you? Yes. So. Um, Oh, no, you, you can uh, look at on our website if you want to contact us. There is a contact uh, a contact uh, tab. Uh, you can uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn as well. Uh, no problem. Or uh, if you reach out to Joseph, you can also you can give you my, my, uh, my email. Um, so that's not no problem. You will find out. Uh, you will find ways to reach out to us. Uh, regarding uh, applications for future careers, yes, you can find uh, on our website there is a, there is a, a tab with uh, job offerings. Uh, feel free to, to probably look and uh, there are instructions to send your CVs. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, please, uh, please go ahead. 
that's great. Do you also offer some kind of trial phase if people want to use neural concept? Mm. No, so we um, we were doing this in the past, but uh, we realized that uh, we wanted to be engaged and uh, committed on the side of every customer that uh, is using the tool. Yeah, uh, it's a very powerful tool, but also very um, uh, that, that needs care to be used, and uh, therefore we, uh, we prefer to uh, to have. Uh, 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 personal relationship with every person who is, uh, who is uh, using the tool and, uh, and progress in, uh, in uh, that way. Um, therefore, if you're a company or engineer and you want to, to use it, uh, reach out to us. I'm sure we will find a way for, for you to, to start using the tool. But there is no like a free trade license that we, that we can just uh, mm, That makes absolute sense, Pierre. With that being said, I uh, thank you so much for being on my show. And if people want to reach out to you, I'll put every link to Neural Concept down in the description. And as Pierre already mentioned, if you want to reach out to him or don't know how to reach out to him, I, I can provide the email to, to you. That's fine. And you can also find him on LinkedIn as well as his whole team. With that being said again, thank you so much, Pierre, and hopefully see you in the second part in the future. Who knows? Thank you, Rudolf. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye.